from Mark 8. They came to Bethsaida. Some people brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had put saliva on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, Can you see anything? And the man looked up and said, I can see people, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again. And he looked intently, and his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Then he sent him away to his home, saying, Do not even go into the village. The word of the Lord. This morning, we are reflecting on the story of Jesus healing a blind man. In some ways, this is a very typical story of healing, and in other ways, it's a quite unique story. When Jesus and the disciples arrive in Bethsaida, people bring him a blind man, and they beg Jesus to touch the man. This is not the only story we have where other people intercede with Jesus for healing on someone else's behalf. We can remember Jairus interceding for his daughter and the centurion for his child. But it's only the second story in the Gospels where other people bring a person before Jesus and they're the ones who are asking for the healing. I love these stories because they show us that sometimes other people have to bring us to the feet of Jesus. And sometimes we need to bring them. Have you had times when you didn't even know if or how or what to pray? At these times, it is the community of faith who sees Jesus clearly, who brings us to Jesus' feet to beg for his healing and touch, whatever kind of touch is needed. At other times, we are the ones who see clearly. We are the ones who know that Jesus can do amazing things if we will meet him and receive his touch. We are the ones who know that a connection with Jesus can change everything. We are like this man's friends or family, bringing people to the feet of Jesus and crying out for his touch. When the blind man is standing before Jesus, Jesus takes him by the hand and leads him out of the village. This is another one of those stories in Mark where Jesus commands silence like many others where Jesus is not revealing himself fully until he's ready. But what strikes me more about this story is not the silence. It's that the man allows Jesus to lead him. Now this man is blind. So when Jesus takes him by the hand and leads him out of his town, this man doesn't know where he's going. And if he can't see when he's done, he's not going to have a way back home he's not going to know where he is. And yet he still allows Jesus to take him with him. We don't know if this man originally wanted to go with Jesus, go to Jesus with his friends or family, or if they were kind of prodding him along to come unwillingly. But either way, he follows Jesus when Jesus leads him. 
It's hard to follow when we don't know where we're going, but this man is willing. And because he is willing, he receives a tremendous gift of healing. The healing here is actually in two parts. It can seem strange to us that Jesus spits on the man's eyes and then touches them. but It's actually a fairly normal thing in ancient stories of healing needed for vision problems. So while it seems strange to us, it might not have been quite as strange to this man. But either way, it doesn't quite solve his problem. We're told that this man's vision is restored, which implies that at some point he was able to see and then has lost his vision, either through an illness or through an accident of some kind. This is in contrast to the story in John where we're repeatedly told that this man is born blind and he's been blind from birth. He's never been able to see. That helps us understand how this man knows what trees look like when he thinks that the people are walking around like trees. He's actually seen trees before. But ultimately, seeing people looking like trees isn't quite what he's looking for. And he's very honest with Jesus when Jesus asks him what he sees. Mark uses the word anablepsis. It's a verb that can mean both to look at something again and to look up. It's the word that is used to look up to God. And so we see a wordplay on this very common word where the man both looks around him but also looks up to God. At this point in the story, the man is now also an active participant. He's also looking to Jesus for his healing and connection. Having met Jesus, if he was an unwilling participant before, that connection now allows him to lift his eyes and look to Jesus for the healing and connection that he needs. And Jesus obliges, completing the healing with a second touch and sending the man home. I don't know who you are in this story. Are you the people who are bringing someone to Jesus for his touch? The man who is being led there with or against your own desires? Or perhaps the man encountering Jesus and looking up to him for a healing connection? This morning we're going to have a time of prayer where we can come to the Lord or bring others to him for all kinds of healing, physical, mental, emotional, relational, and spiritual. We are going to be looking up to Jesus to be restored. Pastor Helen is going to come and give us more explanation now. It was a very thoughtful and powerful message by Pastor Danielle on this passage. As a matter of fact, we have been hearing about Jesus' healing all throughout the study of the Gospel of Mark, haven't we? So recall, even going back to the last fall, uh, we have heard about Jesus healing the paralyzed man brought up by his own friends. 
we have heard about healing, Jesus healing the bleeding woman and also even raising up the Jairus' daughter, as mentioned by Pastor Daniel. We also heard about Jesus healing a deaf person, this couple chapter, uh, last chapter, chapter 7, and this, the healing of blind men, and we will encounter another healing story in chapter 10, the blind man Bartimaeus. One of the most distinguishing earthly ministries of Jesus is the very fact that Jesus fed and healed, literally, as well as spiritually. What does it really tell us about the Almighty God we love and worship and serve? The transcendent God, the Almighty God, who is purely spiritual and yet who created this world is deeply concerned and caring about our well-being as a holistic person with a body, soul, and mind, right? So how do we respond to studying passage like this? We have allocated for today a very special extended time of healing for not only for ourselves, for each other, also even for our society and the nation. Um, and early church, following the word of scripture, uh, have allocated a special time of uh, prayer for healing in their liturgy and outside their liturgy all throughout the church history. James 5.14 says, Are any among you sick? They should call them up, the, father, the elders of the church, and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And it goes on to say, you all should pray for each other so that you collectively will may be healed. And the prayer of the righteous, that is, all those in Christ, is powerful and effective. We follow the word of the scripture and the example given in the scripture, and that's why we are going to be doing uh, what we are uh, going to do, that is uh, praying for each other, praying for ourselves and others for the healing, particularly whether it be physical, emotional, relational, mental. We first of all have to acknowledge that we do need healing. We are broken in many ways and identify that and then we bring that to the Lord to touch us. So, but why, as you, I will invite you, actually, shortly, to come forward to be prayed for. But when you come forward as you're led by the Spirit, we will anoint you on your forehead uh, in the name of Trinity. Why do you practice anointing with oil? As I've just quoted, James 5 mentions it rather prescriptively, but there is also a descriptive example from the Gospel of Mark itself. That is, chapter 6, verse 12 and 13 says, when disciples were sent out by Jesus two by two, they preached the repentance, they cast out demons, and they anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. 
So once again, based on the scriptural Christian uh, Christian faith and based on the tradition that we are part of, we participate in the time-honored and the God, hopefully God-honored the tradition of the church, which believes in the healing power of Jesus Christ, not just as a historical healer, but the one who heals today with his continuing healing power and compassion. So I want to invite you uh, to one of the three following things. First, if you're led by the Spirit, please come forward to the altar to be anointed and to be prayed for. Or second, pray in your, on your own in your pews. Or the third, pray with one another, those around you, whether two or three, uh, as a group, praying for each other and pray for someone else. You may have noticed in your bulletin that we do not have a regular um, uh, praise and prayer request uh, time. Uh, we are that, uh, replacing it with this time instead. So whatever actually a burden or concern you have that God has placed in your heart, when you come forward, also bring that with you to be shared and to be prayed for. And um, once again, the healing is not just for the individuals, but we know there are some very difficult issues that our society and the nation collectively is going through right now. Many of you probably have seen the photos of what's happening at the border. Whatever spectrum you are in in the immigration debate, what we have seen the border, that is terrible. Um, so we can lift them up to the Lord. You may have also noticed today the pastor Colleen is not with us. Uh, she certainly uh, had all the intention to be here, but she's been feeling under the weather all throughout this week. But yesterday she felt worse, and she saw a doctor, and then now she's been resting at home. So please include her in your prayer for healing as well. We will be singing Psalm 42 at this time. As we sing that quietly with the worship leaders, the pastors and the lay leaders will come up, and then let's prepare our hearts for this prayer of healing. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.